Space exploration company Intuitive Machines went public via a SPAC merger yesterday. The ticker symbol LUNR. Joining me right now to discuss this deal, Steve Altimus, co-founder, president, CEO of Intuitive Machines. Wonderful to chat with you. What an exciting topic when we talk about space. And the U.S. government has certainly been investing more. I saw that in the statistics. Tell us a little bit about the company. Good afternoon, Nicole. Yes, the company's uh, incredibly excited to uh, begin trading on Tuesday of this week. We've had our bell ringing ceremony this morning at uh, Times Square. It was fantastic. Uh, yeah, the company is a diversified space exploration company, and what we're focused on is building the critical infrastructure uh, to enable an economy around the moon. We were founded in 2013, and uh, in 2018, the U.S. policy changed to put the moon um, of strategic interest to the United States, which means significant investment by the United States is being poured into the U.S. economy to, to instigate uh, commercial companies to to actually fly to the moon and, and begin to installing the infrastructure necessary for sustained human presence on the moon. And what does that mean? What does infrastructure mean when you talk about that? I mean, what kind of things are, are you building or preparing to build, you know, to take to the moon? Yes, if you think about um, any new frontier, uh, you essentially establish a beachhead uh, to be able to land softly on the moon. So propulsion systems and navigation systems and communication systems are all needed to go into our spacecraft, which can actually fly to the moon and land softly. And then you think about, okay, I need to put uh, satellites in and around the moon. So the, the satellites can actually uh, do data relay communications from anywhere on the surface of the moon back to Earth. And then what else you do is you do navigation services between those satellites to allow anyone who wants to land on the moon to have essentially a lunar positioning system. So we do that and then we move to heavier and heavier cargo to supply the, the critical elements that are gonna be needed for uh, humans to, to live and work and operate on the moon, which is what the Artemis program is all about. And so we're the precursor work to deliver the systems that the Artemis program will actually need to support the humans. I was excited also to support the humans there. You had lunar vehicles um, to move around the moon, right? I mean, this is exciting stuff. At the same time, you're working closely with SpaceX. What are you doing there? Yeah, with SpaceX, we have a great uh, relationship with. We buy their uh, Falcon 9 5500 uh, rockets. Uh, we, we signed a uh, five-year, five-booster contract with, with them in uh, 2019. Um, and so they provide the launch access and they throw us out into an orbit that's a very high elliptical orbit out far from Earth. And then our lander, our spacecraft, actually completes the maneuvers that it needs to take us all the way out to the moon to uh, settle into a lunar orbit and then to do a power descent down from the lunar orbit down to the surface. From there, on the surface, we have developed extreme mobility concepts and uh, those, that spacecraft called Micronova is going on uh, our mission two in November, uh, and it will actually hop into a permanently shadowed region of the moon and actually look for water ice there. So it's it, landing on yeah. the moon and being able to do mobility around the moon. Yeah, 
and you work, at, you know, a leading participant in NASA's commercial um, lunar payload services initiative. Um, you're awarded three missions. If humans go to the moon and you're setting up all of this, I know power, even, you know, having power plants was something so that you can have human sustainability up there too. Um, how long will, will you plan when you do these missions to have humans up there? So the Artemis program is made up of several different um, features within NASA or, or budget line items. One is to do the science and discovery, to learn about the environment of the moon. That's where um, we're flying the NASA scientific payloads to learn um, about how the dust works, um, how the thermal uh, heating works, how the communications work, uh, what the radio spectrum background of the moon is. But also the next one is what are the technologies where we don't quite yet have the systems like in surviving the lunar, the cold of lunar night. Um, investing in those technologies is what NASA's already interested in. And then there's the human missions themselves and the equipment that it takes, like this lunar spacesuit or the human lunar lander. Those are the kinds of things that need to be built and supplied and delivered uh, on the way to footsteps on the moon. And what about, I mean, this is sort of that silly question, when do regular folks get to go to the moon? How far away is that? <laughs> uh, a few years out, uh, we'll see. Um, you know, NASA's advertising they want to get there in 2025. It'll be uh, a little bit later. So, uh, you know, I think uh, it'd be exciting. I think people could sell tickets today if they wanted to, to go to the moon. <laughs> exactly. Well, there's pre-sales for all the EVs. Why wouldn't there pre-sale for a ride to the moon? I'm sure people would, would jump on it. It's wonderful to chat with you, Steve, and hear more about this exciting news. And as you said, the U.S. government heavily committed to space with the NASA budget. Um, it was $24 billion. The space force saw 26% year-over-year increase projected growth going forward. It's wonderful. It's exciting. Thank you, Steve Altimus, Intuitive Machines.